Welcome to We Are DB. I am Brenton, joined as always by the lovely Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 36 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is American History X. Released in 1998, starring Edward Norton as the lead, American History X is a crime drama set around the neo-Nazi movement in modern-day Los Angeles. Based loosely on the life of Frank Mielek, the film is written by David McKenna and directed by Tom Kay. Now, I haven't really heard of anything else that these guys have written. I looked at their filmography and this is pretty much like the most notable thing that they've they've really done, which is kind of surprising. Mm. Maybe they just had a message that they really wanted to put out there, so they wrote this. Did they, like, get any Academy Awards? Uh, Edward Norton was nominated for Best Actor, but, but he, he didn't, didn't win it. he didn't get it? He okay. lost to Roberto Benigni from Life is Beautiful. Fair. Yeah, Edward year. Norton's been nominated three times and he hasn't won. Can I just say, there's a lot of damn good movies in the 90s. Like, we've done... Mm. This is episode 36, and 19 of them have been from the 90s. That's a lot. That is a that's lot. It's a, a very high percentage, so that's really saying something. And we've spoken about the 90s before, particularly on the um, the Green Mile episode and Saving Private Ryan. So the budget on this was $20 million, and the worldwide gross was $23.9 million, so they barely made their money back. So I think it's become a lot more popular as a cult classic than it did at initial release. Mm, I can see that. It was a bit... Honestly, it's kind of obscure subject matter. It is. And it was kind of semi-artistic. So, like, initially yeah. we were, when it, when it opened, I'm like, is this how it's going to be the whole time? It's like slow motion birds yeah. on the beach. It's black, black and, white. and white. There's like this orchestral yeah. music. Yeah. A lot of people would look at that and be like, what is What, what am is I watching? This? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think I can kind of understand why that happened. Um, I just wanted to say before we get into this that this will probably be a bit of a touchy episode around the subject matter, and obviously we don't mean to offend if we aren't entirely politically correct or we use the wrong terms, so just a blanket out just, there. Yeah, or we don't articulate properly. We're just trying to be sincere and have an actual discussion about the movie, because this movie actually brings up interesting discussions. It has a lot to say. It really does. It's very political. So for those who don't actually know what this is about, because I had no idea. Yeah, I had a rough idea only because I've like seen the trailer, but yeah, I didn't really know what I was getting into. It focuses on Ed Norton's character, who was a skinhead Nazi gang member in Venice Beach, LA, and him trying to steer his younger brother away from following in his footsteps is pretty much the plot. So there's a lot of racial slurs and racist language and interesting discussions come up just because Derek's character, so Ed Norton's character, is a very, very intelligent person. And I could yeah. imagine if if you met him in real life, it would be very hard to argue with him. Yeah, that's what you said, because he seems to know a lot of background, a lot of statistics. He supports his arguments with facts. Yeah, like 
he can debate very well and yeah. that that could be really frustrating because he's pushing such a controversial and racist agenda. So I think the actual guy that this is loosely based on was also a skinhead who was a uh, white supremacist. He went to prison for three years for a very similar crime, um, and he had a black cellmate who he befriended, and he basically changed his ways while he was in prison, and then when he came out, he had completely changed. So that's the part that's based on truth. I don't think mm-hmm. the whole brother storyline and stuff, I think that's just all the screenplay. Um, mm. It's not saying that it's a true story. It's not claiming to be but it was inspired by true events. Okay. Why is a skinhead associated with white supremacy? Why is it that they shave their heads? Do you know why? I have no idea. Because I wouldn't necessarily associate baldness with white supremacy. Like, why? There must be a reason why those were associated with each other. Mm. Maybe it's like trying to emulate, like, a militaristic style or Mm. something. Kind of like what he does in Fight Club. Where they shave yeah. all the people's heads, like, because they're all, like, this guerrilla warfare sort of thing. Yeah. Could be. Don't know. I don't um, know the backstory behind white supremacy or anything. Basically, like, what this kind of showed me is I'm like, there's a lot of backwards shit going on in the world that I didn't really know was still a thing. Because I imagine this is still happening, right? Yes, this was set in 98. Oh, yeah. But wasn't there, like, a white supremacist rally like a oh, couple I don't years know. ago. A lot of weird stuff happens over in the US, <laughs> to be in, honest. Like Car- North Carolina or something. Um, yeah, it's just this to me, some of the rhetoric and the ideas. The interesting thing was I was like, how can people still think this? And then it answered that question. Yes, which is interesting because on first glance, you think this guy is an interesting character to watch. I completely disagree with him. And then you listen to his points, you listen to his backstory. And even though I still obviously disagree with him, you can sort of see why, because of his upbringing... You can see where he's coming from. Why someone would be pushed into this sort of pathway. I can yes. see why, what you're doing, like, what you're based doing, on why you're thinking. What happened to him. Yeah, a bunch of things it's based on. But that wasn't a notion that I would think that I would realize, come to that realization, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can see why you're this way. This movie made me uncomfortable at some points because I'm like... I think it's supposed to. Yeah. It's provoking, right? And I'm going to try really hard to articulate this properly. I'm like, there's some things he's saying that actually make sense Mm. in terms of people being responsible for their own actions. Not at all in terms of like promoting hate and racially motivated crimes, but just talking about, you know... It brings up those conversations about does society make the criminal or is the criminal ultimately personally responsible for the actions that there were some really thought provoking discussions created yeah. from this. And I find those are very interesting discussions just to sit there and watch because I like listening to heated debates. If you mm. are very well articulated, which some of these people really are, you can express your point very well. And I'm all for listening to a good debate about people who know why they stand for what they stand for. Mm-hmm. And it's not just based around peer pressure or anything like that. I don't really know why I believe this. I was just told it or read something on the internet. That's a mm. silly reason for being passionate about something. You know what I mean? Well, and even if I think you're totally wrong, I can at least have a little bit of respect for you in that you're not 
just being a sheep. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And you've, you've taken the time to educate yourself. Like, I'm like, I think you're a fucking idiot, but well, like, kudos to you for at least doing the homework. I have no. a lot of respect for the character for actually being willing to reassess his values. Because some of these oh, yeah. people, the extremists of any group, are very not really willing to do that. They're close-minded. Yeah. What I really saw... So you start to see it when he's in prison. There's kind of two things that happen that really change his mind and get him moving in the direction of maybe... Especially in this case, it's Black's. Maybe black people aren't so bad. Two of those things were that he's seeing things from the perspective of those inmates when he's talking to his shift buddy there in the laundry room about, so what are you in for? I like that guy. You know? Yeah, he's really funny. So you get to see, like, oh, there are actually systematic injustices. This guy got six years for stealing a TV and dropping it on someone's foot. I got three years for killing two people. The only difference between us is that he's black and I'm white. And the second thing, which I thought was really important, is that with the other skinheads who were in prison with him, they didn't believe in their values at all. They didn't have any sort of justification for the way they were thinking. They just didn't like people who weren't white, yet they were willing to manipulate the system even if it went against their supposed values. In particular, he was talking about he didn't care. He took it from the Hispanics to deal it out to his own people. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's seeing, oh, my God, these people who I'm associating with, they don't actually get it. They don't actually believe in it. It's just an excuse for them. Yeah, that was a strong character arc. Yeah. For Derek, he actually did believe in what he was preaching, but I think he realized that a lot of the people who he was rallying around him were just really incompetent and stupid which is what i was saying about i'm i have more respect for him because he's able to know why he's thinking these ways and he's not just a sheep if you're going to follow an ideology i'm going to respect you a whole lot more if you understand everything about it and are willing to question it Mm. you know what i mean and you're willing to find the flaws in it and make it better whatever it is than if you're willing to just blindly follow it I think the fact that he changed his character by the end really shows a lot about who he is. Mm. Yeah. I was just saying, like, even as racist and backwards as he actually thinks, he makes some points and it's easy to see why he would be angry. It's not necessarily that they're good points, they're just well-educated points. Yeah, because he was talking about how white people shouldn't be afraid to walk around without getting jacked by black gangs. I can see why that would make you angry. Now, that's that you mm-hmm. could just be doing your own thing. And you get caught up in a race war because that's fucking been happening in L.A. for decades. Or he's talking about how so much money gets put on illegal immigrants. That would probably make someone angry as well. He was talking about that Korean grocery store. That could make people pissed off. I can see why you would think that way. I mean, you don't have to make those actions. It's very brutal yeah, actions. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is that that's the difference between, you know, and he, an extremist. He even, he even says that, you know. He even says that at least I understand the laws I'm breaking or something like that, and at least I respect the authority of the police, even if I break the laws or something, which was like, at the first glance, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But I kind of get what he's saying. Like, he's saying some people, some people vandalize and criminalize just because they can, 
Whereas he's doing it for a very specific purpose. And I'm not saying I agree with that. I don't think it makes it better. No, but I'm just saying, like, he at least really knows what his cause is. Yeah. Instead of just being, like, just destruction for the sake of it, you know? Yeah. I want to make it clear that I'm not condoning this behavior. I'm just, yeah. I, I can <laughs> yeah, see where he's coming from. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a very interesting character. He's got many levels. He's very compelling. And I think it makes it very enjoyable to watch just because I, I'm very interested in this. Very well written and very well acted. Yeah. yeah. Derek Vineyard. Yeah. Can I ask something? Yes. We can take it out if it's too... Is it so bad to say the word nigger? Now, I completely understand that it's obviously a derogatory term towards African Americans, and it has a long history, and it really has a weight behind it. But I'm thinking back to the tour of Green Book, who won Best Picture last year, right? Viggo Mortensen was basically said in that tour, he said the quote, No one uses the word nigger anymore. And everyone lost their minds because he said the N-word. And you never say the N-word. It's a swear word. No one's allowed to say it. And that kind of reminds me of like Harry Potter where everyone's just talking about Voldemort. um, And Harry is the only one who's not like afraid of it. And I don't think the word nigger should be something that's afraid of. And I don't think that he should have apologized for that because there was no heat behind it. There was no real actual meaning behind it. He was raising a question. So the issue... He didn't say it with the intention of using there was no it as intent. a slur. No. He, he was, was just... using it as a noun and talking about the use of the word. Exactly the same as me using the word right now. I'm just using it as a word. And if ever I hear anyone use that word with intent, I get on them right now and say, you don't say that word. Any word That's with intent. a horrible intent. word, right? No. But it's like saying, oh, you can't say the word Fuck. That's you know? not the same thing, I don't think, because that doesn't it's have not, the weight behind but... it, right? If a whole group of people got offended by the word apple, right, and you use the word apple to try to offend these people, then yes, you're a piece of shit for doing that because you're trying to piss people off, right? I'm not allowed to say what other people get offended by. That's their cause. My take on the word doesn't override their experiences. I get that. But if I were to say the sentence... The word nigger is a derogatory term towards African-Americans. That's just a statement. There's no intent there. That's me just saying the word. And this is obviously coming from a white Australian male who doesn't really have many interactions between Americans or African-Americans. I never grew up with that sort of intent behind it. The only like sort of interaction I, I, I had with it was hip-hop and Tarantino movies. So it was seen as this cool thing that... You sort of said to each other, that was sort of, obviously Tarantino movies isn't a good influence, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't have that background, and I don't understand why there's such a weight around using it without intent. Does that make sense? I think without intent is the point. It's hard. It is difficult. like, just because you didn't intend it in a derogatory way doesn't mean that somebody's not going to take it that way. I think especially in circumstances where you're speaking about it as a noun and not using it as a noun. You know what I mean? It's like you're talking, you're speaking about it as just a word and the fact that it is a word and the history of that word, then you should be able to say what that word is because the point is if if you're not allowed to say it, people aren't going to know what they're not allowed to say. 
um, and you run into issues there. However, in any other context, I don't even want to hear that word. You know what I mean? Yes, because most of the time there is intent behind it. Yes. So... I just think there should be some exceptions to the rule. Like, are you allowed to quote someone who said the word nigger? Obviously, even if they have the intent, you obviously aren't if you're saying this person said this and this is what they mean by that. Like, if you try to take an academic approach to it and actually, like, try and break down... That, honestly, I would put the little asterisks in there. Instead of the letter I? Yeah. In an academic setting, I would not write swear words. If I did, I would asterisk them out and then apply a footnote saying this is this. Refers to this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because then it's not blatantly in your face. People get the point without having to, to have their eyeballs assaulted with this word all the time. Yeah, okay. But it still gets the point across. Yeah. And I und- like I, I agree with you that a word is a word and we should be able to talk about the word as a word. However, I don't know that we should necessarily always be able to talk about, use the word in its proper context, those kinds of words. Um, yes. And if more people started to use it, then it would devalue it. Unless it's, unless it's for an educational purpose. Because we did some cultural sensitivity training that looked at derogatory terms that have been historically used towards Australian Aboriginal people. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of words where I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah, like, what's I've the never heard that word? before. Well, and that's the point, is that we should understand the origins because yes. understanding facilitates learning. You know what I mean? When you understand the origin of something, you understand why it was initially used and why it shouldn't be used anymore because you can see the link of why it it isn't relevant. Whereas if you just say, you're not allowed to say this word. Well, why? Well, you're just not. I'm very big at looking at the origins of words and how you actually meant to pronounce them. What's the meaning behind it? Why do people say certain sayings? People just say things and it's just like, oh, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a saying that people say. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I like to think about what I'm saying. Because then again, you're using it with proper intent. You're not yeah. using a word ignorantly. I'm not just using it because someone else used it in this context. They could be wrong. You know what I mean? I just think that Viggo Mortensen was very harshly judged by his use of the word, and I don't think it should have been as much. I think he should have been I think more I sensitive around it. But I think he should have been also. I think he very well could have said, nobody uses the N-word anymore. Yeah, and he could have used the different point across. Things. But I don't think that... I think it should be okay to have this discussion that we're having now. Because we're just talking about it as a word. What's the meaning behind it? How do people use it? It shouldn't be a thing that should be feared, is what I'm saying. That said, it should be respected and not used inappropriately. Yeah. As in referring to somebody, because that's just not cool. And you might just be saying that more because you are North American, and I didn't really see a lot of racism when I was a kid. And I mean, it does exist here, but it doesn't... Not to that level. Like, that word has no gravity here. No, it There's doesn't. a lot of words. Like, it's actually really interesting that you picked the word apple because that can actually be used as a derogatory term towards North American indigenous people. Really? Um, yeah. See, only the people who can say that it's offensive is the people who get offended by it. But I think they reserve that right. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I agree. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't. And I'm saying we have a responsibility to know what those words are, but also to understand why they're offensive so that we can mm. do our best not to offend somebody because there's terms that 
like there's so many examples I can think of of people using words without realizing the gravity of them and yeah. offending people when they didn't even realize it was a derogatory word. Yes. We we're talking about words a lot. What what else? There's a lot of themes other than words in this. Um what I found interesting cuz I don't know much about the skinhead Nazi movement and I'm curious to know how how the German Nazi party became to be so revered and associated with the American white supremacy movement. So with the values of the Nazi party White supremacy? Like, were they trying to cleanse everything that wasn't well, them? Well, they were pushing to create the Aryan race, which was the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, considered Aryan. genetically superior race of German people. Right. Are Germans generally blonde-haired, blue eyes? They're generally brown-haired, brown eyes. Blonde and blue-eyed is recessive genes. Right. But they were considered to be fairer and more beautiful and therefore superior. Well, if you're trying to kill off everything that's not a recessive gene, you're not going to have many humans left, which is essentially the we floor in We didn't say Hitler understood biology. Um, yeah, that's silly. Uh, I was just wondering if those values and what they stood for is the same as the modern Nazis, because it's been 70 years, surely well, something's been lost in translation there. As far as I understand, the, the German Nazi party had a lot of anti-Semitic propaganda, they blamed the Jews obviously who immigrated to um, or even who had been living in Germany for a long time. They blamed them for the economic I think it was any minority group, wasn't it? Especially the Jews the propaganda was focused on for the economic downturn in Germany after World War One. Germany was in a really bad state after World War One. They owed a lot of money in reparations to the rest of Europe. Um, and so it got to the point to, because of the Great Depression in the 1930s, inflation affected the German Deutschmark so, like, so much that a wheelbarrow full of money was more useful as fire starter than it was to buy a loaf of bread, because it took that much money to buy a loaf of bread. We spoke about that on the episodes on Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List, mm -hmm. Life is Beautiful... There's a lot of World War II movies in the top 30. Mm. Um, so what I'm saying is you're, you're getting this propaganda that's taking these problems and saying, you know, spinning it to be focused on a race that's not yours. And so that's what the German Nazi party did really effectively. And so that's the only thread I can really see is that they were pushing for racial quote-unquote purity and blaming other, you know, quote-unquote, non-pure races for the problems suffered by white Germans. So it's kind of the same, but not really. It was it overextended in North America from what I see. So you're not just blaming the Jews, but you're blaming the blacks and the Hispanics and the yeah. Asians and probably the Native Hence Americans. white supremacy, yeah. What I found really interesting, though is that there's also a certain amount of religiosity in the skinhead ideology. There is, isn't there? Yeah. Because he said in that video that, that Seth was trying to get Danny to make, he said, I hate anybody who's not Anglo-Saxon Protestant. So they don't well, like Catholics either. Even the Ku Klux Klan is very religious. Oh, incredibly religious. I really think there's a great use of color 
Like, the, obviously, some of the shots are black and white, and some of them are in color. And it's sort of made to look like the black and white is in the past. Mm-hmm. But what I think it's trying to say is those were the days when Derek only saw in black and white. He only saw color. Yeah. So that when he came out of prison, he's seeing everyone for who they actually are. And I re- think that's a deeper meaning to the use of black and white color than what I originally it thought. It is. It's very clever. Even in saying he only saw in black and white, he only saw things, literally no shades of gray in his thinking. There was either his way or not his way, but yeah. also that he only saw race. So it's yeah. really... So it represented his way of thinking. It's very multifaceted. Mm, that's yeah, very it's one of the best use of colors I've seen since probably Schindler's List. Mm. It was interesting to see that, like, how quickly his friends and his mentor, like, turned on him during that party. Yeah! So that really proves to me that these people really don't actually care about each other. They only care about the cause. And that stands for all of the characters. And the, the, And it's interesting because they don't understand it. Like, his girlfriend immediately, immediately turned on him. After waiting for him to get out of prison for three years. Yeah, she's like, just right away, she's like, I hate you. Like, yeah. this isn't who you are. Even Seth, his fat friend, he's just like eating jelly beans at his house in the next like hour, he's pulling a gun on him. Yeah. Also, how did he end up in the ICU? I don't know. I didn't know. think he injured him that bad. No. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he injured Cameron more. And I can yeah. see why he would go to the hospital. But even then, I wouldn't think intensive care. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it shows a lot about these people's character. It really does. Yeah. Just, I found it interesting, like you said, they're all about this cause, and it, even though they don't understand it. Yeah. They, they, really, they really don't. It's just an excuse to be mad. Well, that's kind of what, probably why Derek ended up changing in the first place, is because he's like, what's the point? of fighting for a cause that no one else truly believes in. They don't understand what the reason is behind it. And that's also seen just before they go jack the Korean grocery store because the guy's smoking weed. Yeah. He was saying that's a black thing. Yeah. They were kind of trying to set up the ending to make you think that Derek was going to die because it really looked like uh, that's the way that they were pointing it. And it was surprising to me that show that Danny was the one who did. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why they ended it on that note. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And it was interesting too because the way that he died, he was shot by that other black kid who was part of a gang as well. Oh, that's right. He was playing basketball in Venice. Yep. So do you think the gang put him up to it because of who his brother is? No, he was... Like, that particular kid was mad because he felt disrespected right. by this guy. Because Danny blew cigarette smoke in his face because he literally didn't care who he was. Um, right, so it was because of that. Yeah, and then it was perpetuated by the fact that, like, as far as I understand in gang culture, like, you don't disrespect people. You know what I mean? It's such a shame that such little things can keep perpetually pushing through this gang wars or these race wars. It's just stupid. It is. Yeah. You killed somebody, and you could see in the face of that kid, he's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, he's like, he he didn't understand what was actually going to happen, you know? You could see that yeah. in his face, and he's like, oh, fuck. You can see how these things get 
really escalated because one of them blows smoke in his face, the other one shoots him, the other one has, like, a gang member who comes back and he does a drive-by. You can see how these things just get escalated and escalated from something so stupid. It is. It's so silly. Yeah. It was a really interesting movie. It sparked a lot of interesting discussions. I think I liked it for what it was, but I'll never see it again. It was definitely more engaging than I thought it was going to be because I looked at this, I'm like, I don't want to watch this. This seems heavy and, like, sad. I thought it would be more violent and brutal. I mean, parts of it are, particularly the whole curb-stomping scene. Ooh, um, that, Also, Um, he said, like, his head split open, and yeah, that would really fuck your teeth up and your jaw, but would that kill you? It's not a pretty scene, and that's the point. It's meant to make you feel uncomfortable. It was more engaging than I expected it to be, which was... Again, here I go saying again, a pleasant surprise. Um, no, this was this one. This one was different. This one was a hard hitter. Um, worth a watch, I think. Really thought provoking. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We are most active on Instagram. You can comment on SoundCloud and support us on Patreon. We've got every episode uncut, unedited, and a week earlier than usual, as well as bonus episodes every month and polls voting on what you want to hear over on WeRDB on Patreon. And until next week, thanks for listening.